Welcome back to the Roll-Up High Roller community. As always, nothing on the Roll-Up is to be construed as financial advice. We are just some educators in the DeFi space. Toss us a quick like, give us a share, a repost, send it to a friend who may want to watch this. And finally, give us a sub or a follow. It means the world to help support credibly neutral educational content in DeFi. We're here to educate, empower, and enrich you. And let's jump in. Yeah, so lots of talks about L2s today. Everybody wants to vote at L2. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. For example, the announcement by Quantstem for, uh, for Zerkit. Yep. I, so that's like a, a arm of Quantstem? Zerkit. Yeah, yeah, it's done by Quantstem. I'm not sure how they organized how they organized internally, but uh, I said I was out with someone. Do I think it's a dumb idea? I said, I, I don't think it's a dumb idea. I don't think it's a smart idea. I think it's an entertaining one. Yeah, it's a, yeah exactly. Yeah, but I, I talked with Alex Poop on step. I think the way that they're approaching certain stuff, the stuff around sequencing. Yeah. Uh, is a very innovative thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so for you guys, it's like more, I mean, for you and any other intro providers, it's like more rollups, more clients. Yes. The only thing that uh, we are, I think all infrared providers are scared of is how much they change the EVM. Because mm -hmm. for most infrared providers, us included, uh, EVM compatible and EVM equivalent, the distinction is very important because, mm -hmm. I don't know, supporting base, it took us like three days. But supporting something else can take like up to three months if they told stuff too much. Yeah, even just like a type two ZK EVM is like a whole a type three is like you're you're, you're gone. Polygon CDK, for example, it's yeah. much more work for us to support than What's anything that? else. Like um, the way that the VM itself works is completely different. Like they use like a ZK VM. Yeah, but the thing there is when they say EVM equivalent or compatible, whenever it's usually from the perspective of the smart contract. But literally everything else is completely different. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Solidity will run the same, but for us as a low-level infra provider, it's completely different. Like, yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of our user base or the community generally may know you guys from Gnosis Safe from the risk assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably like the most prominent free ad space, if possible, in this space. I think that everybody uses Gnosis, which, by the way, Gnosis is like just... A great solution, but man, I hope we get more account abstraction yeah, yeah, solutions great. coming forward because like for team management and things, it's like, oh my goodness, the siding process and anyways, we're not, we're, we're, we're not here to talk about yeah. Gnosis. Uh, so what, what do you guys do for Gnosis? Uh, how do you guys do it? And uh, it was just a bit of an explainer as well. Yeah, sure. So we have been working with the Gnosis team even before they divided up into safe uh, Gnosis chain and everything else that came from it. Uh, for safe specifically, we're, I, I think, the most used simulation provider in the space, at least by our accounts, like 90% of simulations in the space is run by us. This is different than the like security simulations that, for example, Blockade are doing, etc., which is like phishing detection or stuff like that. Here, we tell people what will happen as if they submitted the transaction on chain without actually submitting it. That's very powerful because I can see if, I don't know, I'm minting an NFT, but all of my NFTs are leaving my wallet. Or... I could see if a Uniswap swap will fail, I'm just not going to submit it and spend like 70 bucks on mainnet for it to not work. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, uh, I could have struck. <laughs> I'm still 24 here. Yeah, I no, no, I'll get them 28. The plan, take this part out of you. I do that. For some reason on Gnosis Safe, though, whenever I send to my own EOA that I'm also signing with, it gives me like a like an error, like, um, oh, you're sending this to an EOA wallet. It yeah. Never happens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I guess uh, that's, that's, a, but I, that's a question for the same crew. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, 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 
Yeah, it doesn't show on template, but it just gives me a little thing saying on like on the simulation, like just yeah. yeah. It might be the error itself. So the thing is that we and really doesn't know what it's simulating. Yeah. So in the sense of we're just simulating a transaction. So we're not aware is it safe? Is it Uniswap? Is it Chainlink? That really doesn't care that much. Yeah. So it's a very good foundational way to do simulations. Yeah. A lot of stuff in the space is using us. So for example, join Fire, the extension, yeah. or the MetaMask extension, it is using Tenderly simulations in the background. Then they add all of the value add of like giving you a peace of mind while Fire is doing its yeah. job and stuff like that. So we're a very good tool to build on top of the simulation results yeah. and like do additional stuff with it. You guys work with a lot of test nets then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we also a thing that we're you can notice yesterday uh, is an early access core. It's something called Tenderly Testnet. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so uh, the thing is, for three years now, in Tenderly, you could fork a network, and that's very important because I don't know. Let's say I'm Ave, and I have a governance proposal to update Ave, which can make Ave I don't know exploitable or whatever. Yeah. So what they would do is they would fork the chain, and then there the DAO can actually look at what will happen post proposal yeah. so you can literally simulate into the future on a fork gotcha. so what tenderly tested are is to a way to do that in a much more scalable way but even following the fork chain so Chainlink is updating uniswap is updating etc yeah and imagine like you have your copy replica of mainnet but you can play around with it yeah whenever fun works and can you like if it's a closed test now you can get unlimited faucet yeah yeah it's like uh, uh, or is this like part of what tenderly's experience is like yeah yeah. Yeah. So it, there, you can. It's your testnet, so you right. can give it to give the fake teeth to anyone. You can right. actually change Uniswap contracts if you want. So because it's still the data from the fork network, so it's still yeah. main data. It's still Polygon data, only it's completely malleable, basically. So you can do. It's like a God mode testnet, basically. So you can use it again for testing, for bug bounties, to play around with it. You can do whatever you want with it, basically. So when token. <laughs> never. No, really never. I know I, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> but there have been multiple situations of me both on record and on camera saying it makes no sense for tenderly. Yeah, that's a million sense for intro projects, really. Depending on which one, the graph, for example, it makes a lot of sense. I think they're still having trouble. Yeah, I think they're still having trouble figuring out how to do tokenomics correctly. I think it's much better than it was four years ago. But when we started tenderly out, I mean, we did, we did have that internal discussion, but we were also like, we want to solve what problems, like? not accrue value for token holders in the sense of trying to figure out token economics. It makes sense. Yeah. It's a devil would focus. It, it's like, we don't know how to do that. Like when we started the company, the four of us had no idea how to tackle that. So we were like, okay, let's just play to our strengths and, and that's it. Man. So you guys are almost like a software as a service model. Then. Infrastructure as a service. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I mean, we are, we say like we entered the space as skeptics actually out of the four of us, three of us thought blockchain is shit five years ago and then the fourth one that we should was also here he told us let's go to hackathon i'm going to show you yeah. he ended up winning that argument as you can see because we're talking here today on a web3 conference not an ai conference but uh we approach everything that we look at is like how is web2 doing it how can you change it through the lens of web3 yeah. and that's how you get their products like again simulation sports or the way that we're doing the alerting and stuff like that yeah so what's coming next after time like test that's like next like q1 well, the thing is that we we stopped doing the thing that we did now is launching it in early access. No. <laughs> launching. I don't turn off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> launching, except tonight. Yeah, but <laughs> launching, launching it in early access. So we will actually be working on this until it's done. So that's like the official ETA until we're 
extremely happy and everybody who has tried it in early access is happy with it. So that's definitely the main focus. And okay. then other stuff is adding adding new networks. So networks like Metal, some ZK networks as well. So yeah. yeah. So like if we get to a, a, a world by the end of 2024 where there's like 500 rollups or more or less, are you guys going to make a ton of money? I mean, as a company, I guess, hopefully, yes. But I think also if we make a ton of money, those roll-ups might not make sense from a business perspective in the sense of the thing that um, is amazing about roll-ups right now is that they look like servers from Web2. And now stay with me and please don't cut at this point in the article. But uh, basically, the business model of all infrastructure providers can, has to change. Yeah. Like you cannot, you cannot... Uh, you cannot charge Zora the same amount you can charge, I don't know, Coinbase for base. It, it's like a completely different thing. Slow. So I, I really like, I, I think Caldera actually did this distinction between app-specific and ecosystem-specific chains. Okay. It, it's two different, completely different games. They're both chains, but it's completely different from all of the other. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Way different funding amounts. Yeah, yeah. The expectations. But also the block space is, is smaller. Like, of course, base, I mean, Framtech is on base is going to have much more volume than a DAP specific chain that's doing a game and just launched. So the business model needs to adapt it, and all of the infrastructure providers need to adapt to that as well. What? Who's, who's, your, who's your winner in the L2 wars? So I, I know this will sound like a diplomatic answer, but I, I'm just going to say that I'm extremely happy that we're probably going to end up with four or five stacks, like stuff like OP stack, Orbit, uh, Polygon CDK, etc. I think as an infra provider, we would be scared shitless if there was 40 different runtimes that we need to support. Oh my God. That would be hard. So you can kind of like pick the stacks you want to choose. Yeah. So like as a company, you can almost like bet on the stacks. Yeah. yeah. That you think we're going to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then hope for that takes you. So, so basically as a company, you can bet on a stack almost like you can, you can, you can you can say okay I I want to bet on these three stacks where we're gonna make sure our devs are up to this we're gonna make sure that we can support all these rollups and if one or two of these stacks blow up in terms of like their like longevity and use case and sustainability and some killer apps or something you know you could have some big wins for the business day. Yes, and I think in general you can see that we have been placing those bets even before the rollup stuff was happening. Yeah, we have been supporting Polygon. when I think while it was Matic like three months post launch. Yeah, we supported Arbitrum and Optimism when they launched, etc. And then you can see some other chains who it might have been more funded, who we don't support. Yeah, because for us, Dendrily cannot exist as a business if we don't have developers on these chains at the end of the day. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to charge for a chain that is going to die a year later and we wasted three months to support it. Yeah. So it does. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Uh, sorry to interrupt. You're in the middle of all, all layer has his flash rollups now. And you heard those? No, no, no. But it sounds like ephemeral rollups. You can spin up a rollup and just kill it at, at any point. Yeah. So I'm talking to like the, this team that worked with this block explorer. And they're like, how do we plan? to work how do you capacity plan for that yes capacity plan for that like in what world is that is that real thing is they think that's an amazing world to be in like because i don't know uh i don't know if you remember states channels as a thing it it was like we're playing a game of chess and we're doing it off chain but imagine each game of chess being a chain in of itself now game of chess sounds dumb but imagine like these more complex systems where it it makes sense to have a chain for a week or for a month or that's wild a chain for a week but so it's just that cheap to spin it up and then you can just kill it. Imagine split with No monetary, like, oh my God. Dude, Splitwise is a perfect example. Yeah, but not Splitwise is an L2, but like Splitwise per trip, like a split yeah, per you trip. Just, you just can have a custom time 
chain you can set the turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's gonna be extremely fun. But no, one of my friends, the way I at least look at this space, I have an ex colleague that used to say not optimizing for the best outcome, but optimizing for the most entertaining outcome. Yeah. And I think we're definitely optimizing for the most entertaining the, outcome. A ten thousand million chains is definitely the most yeah. entertaining outcome.